Welcome to Bean Stuff. Today on the podcast, we are talking about white coffee, which I didn't even know existed or was a thing before. Oh uh, yes, before it was mentioned to us. It's uh, it's one of those things I've heard mentioned not often, but enough to say, what is white coffee? People are buying this thing called white coffee. What is it? I know it's not where I come from, a flat white. It is not. And today we're going to, if you stick around, we're going to kind of go through all parts of it. Correct. So to start with, I mean, you kind of said it a little bit there, but uh, white coffee does not mean milk. No, and that's that's I, that's how I guess all of us are a little you know confused by it in some ways. Oh, it must have milk, some sort of dairy product in there, but it's that's not what the white part means at all of white coffee. Yeah, and I'd like to shout out to our friend uh, Kaylin who brought this up. She mentioned it to us, and uh, we were we were excited to discover some new coffee frontier. Um, so, Dad, what is white coffee? White coffee. I would really use the term unroasted coffee mine which it's how does that even work i know i know it's a bit strange and when i i read my i well i made some of it work the other day some white coffee just to see what it would do on the sample roaster and for those of you who are watching on youtube and if you're not if you're watching on the podcast i'm holding up a cup of coffee of white coffee to the camera so if you if you click on the link below you can see the difference between white coffee and regular what we would expect to see as coffee there or black coffee i guess yeah um I'm sorry, I interrupted your explanation there, though. Oh, unroasted. That's right. And so now, what do you mean by unroasted? Is it not cooked at all? Well, it is somewhat, but you stop way sooner than any other black coffee you would ever roast as a roaster mm. uh, before it gets too far. And typical roast, it, it depends about eight to twelve so minutes. You're going to talk about um, roasting coffee. This one, if you're going to put time on it. You're going to probably talk about two minutes. Two minutes total for the roast. Total for the whole thing. You're pulling it out. And I must have felt like I had a, a lead weight on my arm. I couldn't, I, I can't pull it out. It's just not going to be right. I did pull it out and it was only, I think it said to go to 320 degrees Fahrenheit. I think I went over a bit, went 340 because I couldn't help myself. And for comparison, what is a typical roasted, you know, black roasted yeah, coffee? Black, what is that temperature yeah, wise? Is that like 425? Yeah, to second crack, first crack's around 400 Fahrenheit. Then you're going up to 425 or further, whatever you do for the second crack. Wow. So we have a, we have a difference not only in time. So yes. two minutes as opposed to eight or 12 minutes. Yes. Um, but we also have a, a difference in the actual temperature during that process or time. Yes. So we're only getting you said to 330, 320 or something yep, like that. Fair enough, yep. And and we're regularly getting you get up to 425 for a much longer amount of time. That's right. So you've got time and temperature both change quite dramatically. So I think of it like is cooking popcorn in a popcorn popper. Yes. If you don't it's like it's like it's like using less heat and getting just really hot kernels that are almost popped instead of getting fully popped popcorn. I mean That's right. A little bit different, but I it's guess you similar. call that uh, white popcorn. Well, popcorn is white when it pops. Okay. But. Okay. <laughs> um, good, so, joke. Where, you know, to me, this is a very new concept. I yes. haven't actually personally seen it in a coffee shop, but tell me, where where is this? Is it is it a new concept, I guess, is the question. Um, funny enough, it's it's not a new concept. It's come from the Middle East, of anywhere. You get in Malaysia, I think it's called Ipo or something it's called over there. Gotcha. But it's been done in different, slightly different forms for quite some time. But here in the Western world, particularly here in the States, it's uh, it's a little more new. It's something they've come back to, whether they're going to make some money from it. But it's mainly done in, not, in, in a few coffee shops. Not everyone's doing it. I was going to say, do you see it at typical coffee shops or is it pretty irregular to see? I would say probably irregular. You're, gonna, you're not going to see it as often. 
And as we go through this, I think one of the things we're going to get to, we may talk about it, is it's probably a good idea to buy it at a coffee shop. And we'll get into why in a little bit. I might be jumping ahead that, there. Actually, that's a very good point, and you need to listen to the why, and we'll tell you <laughs> later. Um, but yeah, so it, it is kind of like, uh, it's like, it's like half-baked cookies in a sense. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a different... Mm-hmm. White cookies. It's not inedible. It's not undrinkable. Like, it, it is okay to drink it. It's not... Um, you know, it's not like you, it's like raw ingredient. I mean, it kind of is more raw, I guess, but it is totally drinkable and safe to drink. Yes, um, yes, yes. In fact, some think it's even healthier for you for different reasons. But uh, there was a fad not long ago. It's probably still out there that if you drink, uh, if you just have the white coffee, the beans, just get the green bean. Don't even roast it now. I'm not sure what that's before white coffee, but uh, if you grind that up, you will lose weight. I tried it. Ground up green coffee, mm-hmm. and I didn't lose any weight. But anyway, <laughs> quite sad. <laughs> um, so, so the light, the coffee is so light um, that I'm going to assume that typical characteristics we see in coffee are not necessary, have not really taken form or shape in white coffee. Cool. Now, am I yeah. going to be correct in that? Or? You are, you are, and really, the word here is development. In a, in a, when you're roasting coffee, there's a development phases going on. Mm. Endothermic, exothermic. There's some some words out there that you just do practically as a roaster. You know what's going on, right? But it doesn't get that far to even get into those words to get into that part of the development. You're stopping it intentionally before it gets to certain parts of the the, the Maillard and other reactions there. So those parts you mentioned, endothermic, um, and then there's first crack, mm-hmm. exothermic, um, and then there's our second crack. So we're missing out on first crack and second crack. Yes. Um, it, what are we missing out on in those? I mean, there's probably a lot we're missing out on, but I guess just generally, like, are we not drying the bean out as much? Or like, what's what's not taking place now? And probably the first thing you said, they're not drying out as much because really you drop the beans into a coffee roaster right it dives in temperature it's just trying to get to an equivalent of what the what the roaster and the beans are the same temperature and then it starts to rise in temperature and as it rises in temperature there's a few phases in there mm. that you know's happened either from uh, um, smelling the coffee if you have a, a roast log of some sort you can know the temperature and time right but there's some very visual things that happen and you you go from a whitish which is where we get white coffee from right it goes to a yellowish it goes to a beigey color, a brownish color, and you get then your typical coffee that most people have, and it's that typical shades of brown. So, because in that green state, like if you were to grind that up, you would have almost a mush, or it would have some moisture content to yes, it. Yes, that's right. As opposed to if you, you know, if you, I mean, if you grind regular, what you see is roasted black coffee, it's yeah. going to be ground less, coffee. There's, less moisture. Yeah, there's not really going to be a noticeable moisture content necessarily. Um, and that's one thing that when we, you know, when we, when you did this, we noticed that it did have a, I don't know if more dense moisture makes it did, sense, but it, did, it, it yes. has a sense of like, you can almost tell that there is some moisture in there. It looks not damp, but it, moist. Yes, right. <laughs> it, 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 you're right. And therefore it, that changes the whole composition of the final drink that we're now putting into our mouths. Going, right. Oh, that's different. Well, and it, it is, it changes the flavor. It changes what's happening inside the bean. And like you said, there's, there's chemical reactions that happen at certain stages of that roasting process that aren't just, or that are just are not happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One due to temperature and one due to time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you didn't know, but you know, coffee starts green and it, like you said, green goes in, 
Um, and that cooling you talked about when it gets dropped into the roaster, I assume that's because you're opening up the roaster to outside air to let the beans in. So mm -hmm. it cools off a little bit, but then it re returns. It gets to an equilibrium where the beans are a little cooler as well. So they right. touch the sides of the roaster. And they start heating up. Yeah, that's right. And you get to this point where this it suddenly starts to rise in temperature and really everything is rising at that point. At that point, it's sort of getting together and then it's going to start working. And during that process, we start seeing the bean change color from green to to a greenish, mm -hmm. <laughs> then then eventually to like a yellowish, yellowish white. Yep. Um, and then past that stage, we start getting towards you mm -hmm. know brown and black as we typically see. You've got other things we'll talk about, but some other time you've got you know the chaff, the the silver skin, some call it, on the outside of the bean that pops off because the bean doubles in size suddenly, and the the skin can't stay on there, so it just comes off, and that chaff. I'm getting into roasting coffee here, but that mm. goes somewhere. I'll talk about what we do with that. Well, and I guess that's an interesting point. Does When you roasted this white coffee, did it have as much chaff as the black coffee? No, no chaff at all. Didn't and so that's, that point. That's, that's an extra piece that you're getting ground up into the coffee mm -hmm. is the actual chaff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, I just thought of this. The best color or the way to think about the color would be hay. Yeah, hay. As in straw hay. Yeah, straw hay. It's one, um, it's, it's one part of that phase. If you see hay, straw-like color, you know you're at a certain stage in your coffee roasting. And it even has a similar scent in some ways it to does. hay. Grassy smell. Yep, yeah, it does. Very earthy, grassy, mm -hmm. hayish. And it really goes from that earthy to the hay. It's a different different smell that you're getting, and that, that's changing the color. It's changing changing the, the 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 smell of the coffee as well. It's just two things right there you can use as markers to say, okay, I know where this is in the roast. So the the, the coffee itself is that yellowish hay white kind of ish color, and then the brewed coffee. Um, and if you look in the YouTube video, you'll see it on our on our table. But it's almost kind of a kind of a, like a I think it was like chicken broth. Yep, it looks like that. Yes, it looks like chicken broth, and it even, it even smells a little bit kind of like uh, we were talking about earlier. Earlier, but bovril. Yes. If you don't know what it is, you might Google that. Mm -hmm. It's a B mm -hmm. vitamin drink. Yep, yep. Um, but it has kind of a, you know, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. And I, mm -hmm. so I guess we can kind of go into the taste of it. We tasted it just before we uh, entered in here. Yes. Um, how, how would you describe? How would? You, how, what did it taste like for you? Well. I, as you said, I was actually surprised that I quite liked it. A lot of people add some things to it, uh, oat milk, some different dairy products to to yeah. cut down the acidity. But having it without anything, it I think we both said it didn't have as much acidity, which is that that, that wow factor, as I call it, on the tongue. The zing. Yeah, nothing to do with the stomach down. That, that's not acidity. Coffee has much not to do with Not acid that. reflux. No, that, that's not coffee. Uh, but it didn't have that wow bright note. That it was a much smoother, more mm. body than I was expecting. And the taste, it tasted exactly like when I ground it. It tasted of roasted peanuts. It did have a both the look of like roasted peanuts mm -hmm. as well as a flavor of that. And we did it through the AeroPress. And so I don't know if that may have changed part of it as well. But it, it had a really smooth taste. It did. It did. It, there was no, to me, it, was, it almost tasted like cold. Ugh. It had the smoothness of cold brew on nitro. Mm-hmm. 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 Completely yep. different flavor. Yep. But it did have a really smooth, surprisingly smooth taste. And I did that intentionally. I, I was reading up because I had never really made a white coffee. I knew a little a few things about it. But the three th methods they said you want to use an espresso machine, an aeropress, 
or a mocha pot. And I didn't want to put it through my espresso machine because I didn't want to have an aftertaste of my espresso machine. But we had the AeroPress and it seemed to work. I did exactly what I did with a normal coffee in an AeroPress mm. and it seemed to work. And I think that's an interesting point because the AeroPress and the espresso machine are both extracting with pressure. Mm-hmm. Correct. And I, and I think that, you know, obviously you can go back to our extraction episode, but the extraction process with a wet bean, it's, a, it's actually a harder bean. I, you know, it is going to have a different extraction rate or a different extraction uh, than regular black coffee, which is, I think the pressure is going to, at least in my own head, seems like it would be a better way of extracting it from yeah, that bean. I think you're right. Otherwise, you're going to, other things are going to start happening in the bean. You're going to draw some things out that wouldn't be so nice. Right. Because it's a fast extraction, but it's, you know, it's also... I don't know. I feel like you're in a French press. It may not take on the same characteristic. Yes. Um, And that's another thing to point out. If you have white coffee, should you put it in your grinder? (laughs) That's what we said right at the beginning. And I learned very quickly, not through doing white coffee. I remember when we did some robust. No, no. When I, robust is fine. That's another topic. But uh, when I did the weight loss thing. Oh, the just green coffee. Up green coffee. Yeah, I realized very quickly I am going to go through um, grinders, not just the blades. The whole grinder is probably going to go. It wasn't good for it. Um, so I got a much. I went to somewhere where I got a much bigger, more powerful grinder. Yeah. And for this white coffee, exactly the same. I needed to something that was not just going to because there's it's so much so dense when those when the beans get between the two blades of the burr grinder, it just it yeah. finds it really hard to. It's like concrete. How do you? Or like a stone more. How do you break a stone up compared to dirt? It's like putting, you know, to go back to the popcorn analogy, it's like putting the kernels through a grinder yep. as opposed to the actual popped popcorn. That's good. Yeah. And to me, for some reason, I think of that, and I don't think that green coffee is harder, but I think of it also kind of like a charred marshmallow. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. once a marshmallow has that is like completely charred and just burned up, mm-hmm. you can flick it and it kind of just, you know, turns to dust in a sense. And I, coffee sometimes it's called, a, the seed of it's called a cherry uh, for different right. reasons. But but if you think of a cherry that you mm. use, um, typically a cherry, uh, that pip in the middle is really hard. It's That's what you're grinding out. That's the coffee part. And that's right. what you're doing, this green coffee. You're just taking the, 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 the fruit off the cherry, putting into grind and hope for the best. And so I think that's one of the large reasons for me that I would suggest if you're going to have white coffee, have it out. Otherwise, you are going to have to put it through your grinder. You run the risk of breaking your grinder. And, you know, you can go back to our grinding episode where we talk about different burr grinders or ceramic and metal. And there's a lot of risks you take on. Um, but you also, uh, you also have to clean everything. Oh, that's true. Other and rather, and you don't want to break anything either. I think for a home grinder, some of the cheaper ones out there, it just wouldn't be able to do this. Right. And uh, so I think at cafes that do do white coffee, they probably I would think have a dedicated grinder for this because not only right. is it hard to do, there's a lot of residue. You'd have to put a lot of coffee through afterwards uh, to bring back for the next uh, coffee that you grind. Absolutely. And if you're absolutely dead set on doing it at home, I would buy a burr grinder from Goodwill and take it home, dedicate it for that, yep. and just decide that the $10 is going to be for research. Yep. Yeah. It's part of the <laughs> buying the beans. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, sorry, we kind of got off on the grinder there. But, <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's right. But it's, we, it's good we did that because that's an important part. Well, I mean, it's almost like a red warning we need. Like, don't grind this if you, until at you home. know. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Going back to the flavor for a little bit, one of the things that you and I had talked about before recording the episode was the caramelization of 
the actual coffee itself. And it sounds like such a glorious process of just oozing caramel. Ooh, yeah. um, but it's not quite that as far no, as I, as far as you had kind of far, As far as described. I understand and what I've tasted and stuff, they call it in coffee in the roasting part, we're talking about the different colors, different stages. Right. And part of it is caramelization, which is another mm. phase, another part of the development of the coffee. Yeah. And it's not so much a caramel lolly. It's not a sugary sweet, substance no. we think of. If you get to, through the caramelization stage, you're probably going to get a little more bitterness, a little sour taste. It sort of goes contrary to what we think when we, we use the word caramelization. Mm. But uh, but that mixed with the Maillard reaction, mixed what, with... What is the Maillard reaction? Whoa, that is... Or is that uh, that's, a, that's probably a year's worth of podcast. <laughs> and after the year worth of podcast, you still probably don't we'll understand We'll dedicate it. next year to the Maillard only. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a process that... All food goes, you cook food, it, mm. it all goes through. Um, and it's just all this up and down and chemical stuff that I don't really even understand. Lots of big words. Big mm. words and formulas and things, yes. Big words, textbooks. So Google that one. Yep, it'll be for Mayad for, for for meat. I mean, it's sort of that darkening side of things where mm. you go from a rare to a, 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 a burnt steak. That's all Mayad happening there. And toast does the same thing. So mm. we it happens all the time for us all day. Right. Um, but... We don't think of it in terms of the Mayad reaction. And we had, I think we kind of mentioned this, but one of the things that we were reading in our research was that the green, or sorry, the white coffee could have a higher acidic content or a, a higher acidity. Um, and so that, I guess, is definitely possible. In the in the one that we had, because um, we, what we, you said it was uh, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I didn't taste almost any acidity no no it was very super super smooth no i had a, i we, we kept on at where i work at caravan at uh kept a kenya on friday yeah. that's acidic mm. in the mouth not in the tummy again <laughs> right in the mouth but this was not like that it was a smooth lots of body and i was surprised i would go back to the chicken broth you know analogy it was as smooth as chicken broth as far as acidity goes like there was nothing that was there was no spikes there's no zing um, but that, you know, that might be the way that we brewed it. That might be, you know, we could be wrong. <laughs> That's right. And there is a theory behind this is yeah. that it's, we talked the Maillard, we've talked about different things, the development of coffee. One of them is organic acids. And there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few acids in there that are pretty, usually pretty good, depending when you bring it out as such. Right. Citric acid, there's a, you know, malic acid, there's a whole lot of phosphorus, there's a whole lot of different acids go on there. And they're not all, like, they're not bad. No. Whenever I hear acid, I'm like, oh, I don't oh, know if I want no. that, but they can be really good for the flavor. I mean, most of what we eat have probably some of these sort of acids. Coffee has a concentration of them, and in certain ones more yeah. than others. And this one, the organic acids, the theory goes along the lines of um, because these uh, are present in the beans, they don't evaporate because, as you say, the, the, the moisture is not changing as much. Right. And therefore, it produces a, a higher acidity. Uh, there's, there's more of these organics present that will give you this perceived acidity more. And that's, that's the sort of the theory because it hasn't gone further in to change those organic acids. Not, I guess would it, would it be correct to say it's not, it's not burning it off? It's like boiling water to get rid of like you know any kind of bacteria that might be in the water. Mm-hmm. It hasn't gone through that full boil process, so whatever is in the bean, not as much of it is getting actually taken out by the heat and the basically just 
this strenuous process of roasting. It's not it's not going through as an intensive a process, so there's not as much being pulled out or yeah, burned. Yeah, that'd off. be sort of right. And and acids, organic acids, as they go through the process, they some of them are, you know they break down into two different acids, so it's not mm-hmm. getting anywhere near that. So that none of that's happening. Right, and I would also say that our coffee that we did, the the white coffee, has a good body to it. Yeah. And again, that might, I noticed that through like the, you know, through the um, AeroPress, we do typically get what feels like a little bit Mm -hmm. like a heavier feeling on the tongue. So that might be, again, part of that. But um, yeah, it was great body. Mm -hmm. Wasn't really acidic. I I would say it was not my favorite flavor. I wouldn't like choose it over regular coffee, but it was not, I would give it a try. It's interesting that we'd use Brazil, which classically, the one we use at uh, at work is a... uh, a peanut nut, a peanut nut, <laughs> a peanut sort of flavor there, nutty note going on. And this one had that definite, I when I smelt the, the uh, ground, it put it in the bag, smelled right. it, it was just like a bunch of peanuts going on. It there. was, yeah. But um, I, I, but it seems like that happens whether you do Brazil, Guatemala, Ethiopia. Uh, it said it's always got a, a nutty note to it. And I wonder that's that's part of that development that hasn't really happened yet to bring yeah. out those flavors that are more dominant in Ethiopian that are not dominant in a Guatemala coffee. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because we had this t- talk as well. As far as you know, we think of like Starbucks coffee as being over roasted mm-hmm. or taken to the point i think of like a pyramid where mm-hmm. at the tip flavors are the same and at the base they're not and you take all these individual coffees you roast them to the top burned mm-hmm. and they're all going to taste burnt and smoky and i wonder if with green coffee it's a similar thing in the opposite direction of as far as like mm-hmm. if you don't roast them enough then we're not going to pull out that flavor like we're not quite in the sweet spot to pull out the characteristic or the profile for that coffee yes no you're right it's and so we've only done this with brazil but it would be interesting to do it with other coffees side by side right depends how many grinders you want to go through i was going to say <laughs> we might have to go somewhere and have someone else sacrifice a grinder for yep. us yeah but uh but i think you're right it's 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 some would say it even brings out the characteristic of that bean, that country where that coffee's come from, even more so in the in the white coffee. In the white coffee, interesting. But I I think there's complexities that it doesn't have that you will bring out in each country. Mm. And when I cup coffee, you cupping coffee is not a huge thing. You just you do enough of it, you start getting used to different flavors and describing different words. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I think if you when you roast coffee you start teasing those out. And I think in the white coffee, it's going to be a little more mono, not as many flavors you're going to get from that coffee. Yeah. It, it could seems, be wrong. It seem, yeah, we could be wrong. It seems like there's going to be more flavors than if you burn coffee. But maybe the diversity of flavor is not going to be as broad as if you roast, you know, coffee to the appropriate roast level. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a thing over my 15 years of roasting, there's been changes in terms of roast color, and we've gone from dark roast to very light roast. Mm. It's interesting. This one is not even a, a light roast. I would call this an extremely light roast. Pre-roast. Pre- Pre- yeah, it really is. And therefore, you're changing the whole animal is, is different to mm. if you just carried on roasting the somewhat. Yeah. Whether well, light or, or, or dark. Or and I think to add to the flavor, you, we kind of hinted at it, but there are other places that also it's not served sole solely as just the the bean drink i mean i'm not describing that well but people add flavors and spices right and 
I believe, I, yeah, you're right. I think the classic one, well, I believe I, I was reading up in Yemen particularly, they uh, they particularly serve it with, I'm not going to pronounce this right, <laughs> I, I got this feeling already. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like Hawaii, but it's not, it's Hawaii-ji. H-A-W-A-J-I. Correct. And uh, it's still done a lot in shops over there particularly, but I don't know if you can go in and buy that, certainly where we live, I'm not sure, but it's cumin, black pepper, turmeric, and uh, cardamom. Uh, these spices put together and they add it mm. with it and that makes this white coffee in their eyes something even better and i think of it almost like a the chai of coffee in a sense as far as like it is this coffee product but then it's a, it's in, it can work incorporated with all those different spices and i think that that just after having just the green coffee i think that that with the spices has just after after appreciating just the white coffee as much as I did, I think that the spices could be a really good drink. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know when I first heard of the concept of white coffee, I was like oof. Mm-hmm. But I, I really think that it has potential. I just think it's a lot of work. It does, and I probably call myself a coffee purist. And I, I, I've got the two coffee cups right next to me, and I've noticed I've drunk and almost drunk the whole of the Brazil black coffee normal. Right. Whereas the white coffee, it was all right, but it's not what I'd be wanting in a cup of coffee. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm like that with other drinks too. And I, I'm a purist in terms. Of, I just want to just go with what the you know the old style. I say the old style, but there's so many styles. It's pretty new actually. Right. Each time. And I, and I would agree. I don't think I'm gonna switch to my main being white coffee. Um. Now, excuse me, I had a hiccup there. Uh, right. But there were there are some myths or some claims to white coffee um, that 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 some of them seem to have. I don't know. They don't seem to all be true. But one of them would be: Does it have more caffeine? All oh, right, and that's one of the features they push out there in the marketing. Of There's the a lot of marketing coffee, on yeah. white coffee, and I've heard from fifty to seventy percent more caffeine in this drink, which is that's a large claim. That is that is a large claim. From what I my reading of the scientific uh, papers and things to do with this, yeah, it seemed like five percent more. So it is more, but it's right. only like five percent is is sort of more the figure you'd be looking by drinking white coffee. And yeah, therefore my my theory would be uh, if I if I don't really like it as much as I do black coffee, and it's only five percent different, I'm going to drink black coffee. Yeah, because you have another cup of black coffee. Exactly. Yeah, I could. Have another, I could have another one. <laughs> and I think that's a good point because it, it does seem like that has, it's got its push in marketing for the caffeine aspect, but it it really is about five percent more, at least in our in, in what we've seen. And some of that comes from roasting the color. Some think a dark roast has less caffeine or a more caffeine. Some think actually, but the roast color doesn't change that number up too much. Right. I mean. When people say, oh, this dark one has a lot of caffeine, well, that's not quite true because you can't taste caffeine that way. Right. The strength of flavor or the intensity of the flavor you have, so if it's intensely smoky or intensely dark and bitter. Yeah. Overly roasted, burnt, it's going to taste different. Yeah, bad coffee. Yeah, unfortunately. Or, you know, it yeah. could be, but it's it's not a indication any, anything towards the actual co- or caffeine content. So so as I say, there's things in there that, that sort of has some theory, some, some basis mm-hmm. in theory of, of not getting to all the organic acids sort of doing their thing right. in evaporation. There's a little more caffeine because you've taken it a little earlier than dark um, and you've taken a lot earlier than usual. But as I say, <laughs> caffeine doesn't seem to come off a coffee till, I don't know, 500 plus Fahrenheit, which you, you're not going to get it. You're going to get a five before you get that going. 
Right, and if you really are only drinking coffee for the caffeine part, Arabica is going to have more caffeine than Robusta. And that's the big thing. Are you? That's yeah. Are you starting? And there's two big players out there. There's Robusta and there's Arabica. Mm. Um, Robusta is used mainly in 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 um, like the instant instant coffee style of thing. You can use it for um, specialty coffee, but it's as well. really not too much in specialty coffee. No, there's more of it coming. It's, it's a cheaper coffee to produce because it. Well, I'm getting into Robusta. That's but another episode right there. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is Robusta instant coffee has, just mm. to start with, the green bean growing on the tree right. has twice as much caffeine, basically, than what an Arabica would have. So, in other words, if you had a cup of instant coffee mm-hmm. compared to an espresso, even though the espresso is, like you were saying, tastes so much more intense. It feels like it's a higher concentration. It's got less caffeine than the cup of just instant coffee. Interesting. Good old yeah. Nesk, whatever it is. <laughs> Folgers. Yeah. <laughs> we should see if they'll sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, they might not now. <laughs> but actually, um, or you could go for a, a, a Mountain Dew or something that has even way more caffeine. Which, if you go to our episode about caffeine... We talk about how we? Oh. we. I think we talked about how caffeine from right. coffee is often extracted and used for. Something. Just have a whole bar of chocolate, <laughs> mate. Dairy, um, dairy milk chocolate, you'll be fine from Cadbury's. But um, well, and I guess the other thing uh, that I hear sometimes is—is is it or that <laughs> hear sometimes in the research we did? I heard this yes. uh, <laughs> is that it's better for you than black coffee. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. You know. It, I don't know if there's really any val- validity to that, or if it's just well, a, a, it, another marketing standpoint. Or yes, but it's, it, 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 I don't know. Is it's it? one of those things that has a little bit of truth to it. It's been stretched. It's been stretched, possibly. Um, and how much you want to go with all that, it's up to you. Um, right. It's sort of along the lines, the scientific part of it, I believe, is that because it's lighter roast coffee. Um, there's a greater quantity of uh, chlorogenic acid. That's another of those acids. I said sit. Citric, excuse me, but uh, chlorogenic, as you go through the process, chlorogenic basically divides into two, quinic and something else, another acid. (laughs) That's a big word. Oh, there's a lot of acids I say out there. Bring your textbook. That's right. But uh, because it doesn't get that far, um, one of the components of chlorogenic acid is these Mm. things called antioxidants, which are more well known. That's always a buzzword. It's, It's a good one. And they're good for you. There's no doubt about it. But uh, and they, they decrease cardiovascular disease, decreases inflammation, all sort of good wow. stuff. So that may be true, but I don't know if it's worth switching from black coffee uh, to to a white coffee uh, because of that. Because I don't think it's significantly enough. It's not like going from soda to water. No, no. It's it's yeah. It's it's uh, there's not really a large. Th- there's no not not enough to that for that to be your only reason to switch. That's right. That's right. And again, I go back to the complexity of just: Do you want to go through grinders? Exactly. And you do. also finding it. Finding it is hard. We found it on eBay for like twenty bucks for a small bag that's already ground. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. uh, you go to your how do you store coffee episode that we did, and we talk about how ground coffee loses all of its you good, know good point. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I think if it was more readily available. Uh, maybe, but I mean, it's, you could it's just very tough. I, I guess I don't want to be a, an opponent of it. No, no, I'm not at all. And uh, you could go to a roaster and uh, get the green coffee. Um, if you a home roasting, you could possibly do it. It'd be sort of hard because a lot of the home roasters use popcorn poppers and different mm. things, and it'd be hard to 
to the hard thing to do there is to to control the temperature and right. and it may happen too fast or not fast enough. So right. it's, it's, it's a difficult thing. So going to a coffee shop and giving it a go, mm. having a taste of it, and they'll they'll have their own theories of what 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 spices to put with it. Yeah, good, go for it. And I think that's yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's just that's that's challenging. Mm-hmm. Now we've talked about it briefly. We've kind of gone through some of it, yes. but how? Once one gets it, how is one going to consume this? What's the best way to drink it? Um, and I, I think what's funny is it's called white coffee. Yes. But most people consume it, and I'm doing air quotes here, in a they consume it black, like black coffee. Yeah, but so it's they haven't added anything to it. Right. It's mm-hmm. not and that, that's I, I just go back. That's always what I when I heard the name, I thought, oh, that must be just really milky coffee. But mm-hmm. it's it's different, <laughs> obviously. And, and, but and, and that's what some people do because we were reading that it was acidic, but well, I haven't found that in the, the one cup I've had. So my scientific uh, reasoning <laughs> is not, ex- not very good. Extensive experience with <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Um, some will add uh, um, different types of dairy products, nutty type milk to go with it to cut mm. down the acidity. Um, so there's variations you could do there. And as I said right at the beginning, when we made our cup of white coffee, right. we did it through an air press and it seemed to work well. Perhaps we need to change the grind to to experiment with how we can change the flavor, get more of the acidity out of it. Right. Um, there's different things you can do, how you can brew it as such. Again, perhaps going to a coffee shop and let them do it first, get a feel for it, talk to them about it, and then perhaps try it at home. And I think that's the, I think the, the biggest suggestion I would have over white coffee is try it. Yeah. You might find you love it. Yeah. Wonderful. And that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's just an interest. I think it's just so new. It's not, well, I guess it's not new at all, but it's, it's not widely accepted or used commonly in the States or at least where we mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. And so it's sometimes, can, you know, it can be difficult if you're not roasting it yourself to find, you know, white coffee and all the grinder and all stuff. But I think if you can get that, then absolutely go and try it. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's very well worth the try. It is. I mean, I remember when I first tried uh, Robus, which is really tea, a uh, South African tea, but you can put it through, we got the special filter. We could put it through our espresso machine and I was really impressed. Well, it didn't taste anything like coffee, by the way. But we gave it a go and think, man, this is good. Right. And I, and I think that that's, that's a, the, a valuable point is, and through everything in coffee, is if you like it, drink it. Mm-hmm. If you like it, it's technically not whatever. Yeah. If you, as long as you like it and you think, this is what I want to drink, mm-hmm. I appreciate this, I, I enjoy this. Drink it. Yeah. And if that's white coffee, yeah. go for it. Sure, don't don't like all things. Don't not not all things, but don't go overboard and get sort of go way too far. Um, Try moder- it out. Mod- yeah, give it a go. The moderation, great. And if you love it, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do we brew it? There's there. We did an AeroPress. Um, there's you know, a multitude of ways. You were saying an espresso machine is another way to do it. Um, yes. Can you do it in a French press? In your research, was it? Well, I mean, you could do it in a French press, there's no doubt about that, but to get the best out of this product, because it's it's unroasted, really, coffee, just barely roasted coffee, right? Uh, the, the method is going to help um, you draw out the best of this style of coffee, and I think I said the espresso, the mocha pot, or the AeroPress seem to be mm. common ways it's done. Yeah. I didn't want to do the... Espresso, because I just didn't want that taste in my brew head and things left there. Right, and that's a good thing to think of, think of as well. Is, is if you're using it at home, you, you know that cleaning process. You know, it's something to think about. Um, but I do think that if you combine the pressures 
as well as hot water, mm-hmm. you're kind of you're you're adding a couple elements to hopefully have a, a more productive extraction process. Whereas if you're just doing French press, it's just going to be there's no pressure to it. It's just mm-hmm. hot water. Um, but if you're doing it at home, again, get green coffee if you can. Get it ground. Otherwise, um, buy a cheap grinder that's not cheap. <laughs> you know that can is up to the task there. Um, but those are the big things. Buy, you know, pre-ground if you can, just to try it. Mm-hmm. Or you know, if you can find a place to get partially roasted or white coffee. Um, and then I, I mean, it's kind of an experimentation process for the for the actual brewing procedure. Like itself. it is an old coffee. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of you know try and try again mm-hmm. um yeah we talked about kind of that there's also the method you know you might try googling for the different recipes um as far as what spices to add to it as well because it seems like a lot of people add that mm-hmm. um yeah perhaps some people out there may try this and they could write into us and say well, what do they do however they do that and say i tried it with this spice and man it was bad or <laughs> it was good yeah and i mean we would love to hear from anyone who tries it or or anyone who has opinions on it or if anyone's a dedicated drinker of it um but i think kind of as we wrap up the, the story of the story is uh, the story of the story the story of it is is to try it i mean it's it's not bad it's not gonna uh, do anything bad it's it's it is a good uh, good way to at least experience a different side of coffee um there's some complexity to, you know, the, the curation of it. <laughs> um, but I would give it a shot. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Bean Stuff today. Um, thank you for getting this far in the episode. <laughs> uh, we really, really appreciate it. If you have any questions, feel free to comment on anything that we're on, which is pretty much everything. Um, we are also on YouTube, so the link will be below in the description. Um, If you're watching on YouTube, hello. Hello. (laughs) Um, But uh, always feel free to shoot us questions. We love hearing what you guys want to talk about and then learning about it and chatting about it. Um, That's some of the best ways we get to do that. So thank you so much again, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.